You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Daily And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Hour two of the Daily Tip starts right now on the BetQL Network. It's going up on a Tuesday. We've got our NBA plays locked and loaded for tonight's action coming up in this segment. Then at 7.20, it's on to the NFL. We'll dissect the AFC title game between the Chiefs and the Ravens and give you maybe some prop plays we like in that game. Then at 7.40, it's a teaser Tuesday for me. Only four games, or excuse me, only two games so we will try to be creative and make a teaser out of those might be a little challenging but we will try our best jenks i was reading a text yesterday and Mm -hmm. i had the really mean thought of responding with that meme that says congratulations or i'm sorry too long not reading have you ever gotten a text (laughs) where you're like oh my god i can't read all of this right now how long is too long for a text message well, I am going to be, we we're talking about age in the previous hour. This is where I get overwhelmed. If you're going to send me a text message, make it like a couple text messages or put a paragraph. Like, I don't want to get like seven texts in a row from you. You know, like, this is a thought. This is a thought. This is, it's like, all right, all right. And then my phone's blowing up. I'm like, you know what? Just take a pause. Type another sentence. How about that? It can actually be two or three sentences together. It's okay. I'd actually rather read a small paragraph that is literate and put together in a decent way as opposed to like random like five or six shots of of just, you know, off the top of your head in a row. Like I have a friend of mine who she was talking to us about our trip to St. Martin coming up. And it was like, this 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 we should go here 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 reservations i'm like all right okay slow down just a little bit you're stressing me out so i'm okay with text messages obviously but i also think that you can overwhelm someone with how much you text or how often you text and then then i think that's when maybe you need to make a phone call and i don't even like talking on the phone but there's kind of a limit. I don't know where that is. I feel like it's kind of arbitrary depending on the person. But I'm like you. After a point, it's okay. This is a lot of information. I think you can have the long text messages for certain people. Like if it is somebody that I've been playing phone tag with, they live in another yeah. state. I don't really get to see them that often. 
I will take a life update from those people however yeah. I can get it. But there are certain courtesies, like you said, when you are doing a novel of a text message, space out some things. Like if you have a group of thoughts, do that in a paragraph. Yes. Return, return, space out a new one. Return, return. So the thoughts aren't like in one huge thought bubble where it's like the ramblings of Aaron Rodgers on <laughs> right. Pat McAfee. You have some sort of structure. But in general, like, God, long text messages. Like the second you see it, don't you get some sort of dread? And you're like, oh, my God, I have to yeah. read all of this right now. Like at that point, you just pick up the phone and call. Like I'm with you. I don't love phone calls. But if it's taking multiple text messages, I ain't reading all that. And also use the context clues of the person that you are texting. Because the other day somebody sent me a novel and I responded by simply an emoji, like laughing emoji. <laughs> and usually I feel like that's Chelsea. a pretty good indicator of, hey, I yes. don't really want to text right now. She just keeps going. She sends more paragraphs. I'm like, oh, no, she's not getting the hints. Like, was that not a clear enough hint that I didn't want to text? Yes. If you send someone <laughs> some sort of diatribe or soliloquy and they're like, I'll just go ahead and give this a thumbs up. Maybe, maybe they don't want to hear any more from you. Or maybe that's time for you to sort of tie a bow on it and wrap it up. Like I was texting you last week. We were going back and forth for a while and I was getting worried. I was like, because I can be a little wordy and I know that. And so I was like, well, don't. I kept saying, if she responds, great. But if she doesn't, leave it alone. So I felt like we were having a good give and take. So it was fine. But I'm always aware, like, if I'm not getting some sort of feedback, then I'm like, I'm, I'll wrap this up. I'm not trying to continue to talk at you. And I feel sometimes people will talk at you. And even if you're not responding, they'll just keep doing it. Yeah, and it keeps firing. And you're like, I haven't even read the first chapter. Like, you sent me 12 <laughs> chapters. And Jinx, let me say, we were talking about something, like, important. So that's yes. fine. Like, don't that's send true. me a novel on something that I don't even care about. Or something that doesn't need an answer because that's the point of Correct. text messages texting is for when you need an answer to something hey what time do you want to meet today hey what do you think of this outfit it's not you give me a paragraph with no question attached it's like okay right. laughing emoji that's when you get the emoji from me <laughs> i gotta remember that that's why i don't bother you because i'm like uh what if i get the emoji today <laughs> And it's not going to be a hard emoji. It's not going to be, it might be a laughing emoji, but it's like, uh, you're trying to be funny. I'll give you a laugh. But the worst is the thumbs up. I feel like that's the worst emoji reaction you can get is when someone's like, huh, okay, got it. It's like, oh God. That's, that's for your bosses. So yes. you can say you accepted and you saw their email. It's like, got it. Yes. Like yeah. you have to acknowledge that you saw it. I'm going to start okay, doing that. One last yeah, I have one last question about texting before we get to the NBA. Sure. Red receipts. Do you believe in these? Oh, no way. That's why I have an Android. And let me tell you something. You can turn it <laughs> off, I believe, on iPhone. I don't want people to know. It's not that I'm trying to avoid you, or maybe I am. But ultimately, I don't want people to know if I'm typing. I don't want people to know if I've read. You, and normally I'm pretty good about getting back to people almost immediately. But the last thing I want is the extra pressure or someone thinking that I should respond within a certain time frame. 
So no, I don't want anyone to know any of that. I will absolutely get back to you. I don't ignore anyone, but also there's times when maybe you're busy. I schedule a lot of texts, honestly. I do that a lot where I'm busy. I'm like, mm, I'll respond to you in two hours. So that'll go out then. Or I need to get that way I can get everything done. And then I can just like clear my calendar for like the next three or four hours because I don't want to be constantly on my phone. So it depends on who I'm talking to, but especially if it's like, I don't know, repair related or business related, right? Then why, then it's not of the essence that, oh my God, I have to do this right now. I'm not going to lie. My first instinct when people have the red receipts on is that they have some sort of relationship issue. Like, is it weird of me to think that? Uh, oh, that's a good point, actually. I didn't think about that. My ex-wife one time wanted me to install this app or turn oh, no. on some sort of location where she could track where I was at all times. And I was like, Whoop. absolutely not. <laughs> no. And I didn't say no to a lot of things. I was like, no, the answer is no. Like, I'm not going to get a random text where I tell you I'm somewhere and not that I'm planning on lying, but it's like, oh, right, I'm getting some random text. Like, why are you here? I'm like, I don't know. I decided to walk over here and get a sandwich. I'm not going to answer to like every single location I'm at. To me, that's a death knell. That's something that iPhone has. It's called find your friends. I'm like, who no on earth would want this? And somebody actually asked Jake at spring training one year. They're like, hey, bro, turn on your find my friends. And we're like, no, we're adults no. and we're going to go where we want yeah. and you don't need to know about it. All right. So let's make a pivot to the NBA. I was just thinking about Nikola Jokic and his texting habits. Number one, <clears throat> do you think Nikola Jokic even texts? I think, I think if someone texts Nikola Jokic and they say, hey, bud, great time last night. Let's do it again. He would respond. The job is done. Good job. And thumbs up it. emoji. Or, or just thumbs up, you know, <laughs> if that, if that. Probably very, very basic. He probably hates texting. He gets a text. He's probably like, oh, oh, okay. Job is done. Yeah, I, I, he, he probably doesn't want any sort of outside interference, outside communication at all. You just, I feel like he's a guy, unless he lets you into his world, he wants to be left alone. Yeah, I would love to see his reaction if, like, some of these novels were sent his way. Like, he definitely <laughs> wouldn't respond. And he would feel no, no. remorse because that's just kind of his personality. All right, so we've got Nikola Jokic squaring off with the Indiana Pacers tonight. The Nuggets laying three and a half on the road. Total set at 243 and a half. We on the show have a running track record of loving to back the Nuggets at home. But they're on the road here. But it is a short number. And the Pacers, well, they've been a little up and down this season. For a while, they were absolute uh, juggernauts. But now Tyrese Halliburton, I believe, is back. So, Jenks, do you have a side or a lean here? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I think I like the under in this game. It feels a little too high for me. 243 and a hook. So, I understand you're sort of going with conflicting trends here, right? Because certainly... Mm -hmm. The Pacers are an over team in a big way, especially at home 15 and six. But the Nuggets are 14, eight and one to the under when playing on the road. I think Denver's defense is going to be key here. Seventh overall in the NBA. And we've seen that Pacers over trend that we've played for a lot of the season start to dip recently. They're four and one to the under in their last five. I think this number is too high. I'm going under.
I think what scares me about this one is the the fact that the number is so short, but yet we are seeing a question mark next to Tyrese Halliburton for possible rest. Uh, we saw the Pacers play, I believe, on the 21st, so I'm not sure why he needs rest. I know he's coming off an injury, so maybe that has something to do with it, but this number seems a little fishy to me. So I think I'll probably just stay away. Even though matchup-wise, Nikola Jokic has a, a pretty solid one. He is set, at least due to the projections, for the biggest fantasy point tonight of anybody in the NBA. We know the Pacers oh. in general give up a ton of points. Not great at defending the center position. So maybe that is your handicap there. Usually, as Nikola Jokic goes, so does the rest of the Denver Nuggets. Let's go up next to the Knicks and the Nets. And speaking of fishy lines, this line last night was three and a half. And I thought to myself, the Nets have been terrible. Why are they only getting three and a half points against a Knicks team that's been pretty solid? So now this line's gone to four and a half, total of 223 and a half. So Jenks, am I missing something here? Or do I just play the Knicks? I definitely think the Knicks are the play. No question right. about that. But it's, yeah, I was a little befuddled by that as well. I like the under. I might play this officially. So if you look at the Knicks, clearly we're talking about one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Third overall in points per game allowed. They have held their opponents under 109 points in each of their last five games. They're also 19 and 24 to the over this season, which means they are generally an under team. They've also hit the under in 10 of their last 11. Both of these teams play very slow when it comes to pace of play. Right now you can get a 223 and a hook. I think under is the call. I think I'd be with you there. The Knicks have been scorching hot to the under, hitting the under in nine of their last 10 games. Maybe the sabotage factor is that Brooklyn is a team that. I'm not sure what's going on with him. I've seen some of the reports for Spencer Dinwiddie. The report is that mm -hmm. he is on strike for something. I don't know what he's striking, but he has been absolutely abysmal as of late. And so have been the Nets at covering some of these games. 3-15-1 against the spread in their last 19 games. I know they went on the road and had a good win against the Lakers, uh, a couple games ago, but still, this is not a Nets team that I want to trust. I would lay the four and a half on the road, even though it's a very short trip, you know, obviously for the Knicks. They are not playing that far away from home. So I feel like the Knicks are the play, and Jinx is on the under. Next up, let's go to the Lakers and the Clippers. Clippers laying eight and a half, total of 229 and a half. So big question marks here. I believe LeBron James is out for this game. I am seeing the question mark, as always, next to Anthony Davis. So for me, that means I'm not playing it because there's no reason for me to yeah. risk my money when we don't even know who's playing for the Lakers. But I will say, if you're just simply looking at the Clippers side, the Clippers have been one of the better teams in all of basketball so far this season, 27 and 14. So, Jenks, do we roll the dice here and just play the Clippers? Yeah, you do. Just play the Clips. And then also, let me tell you a mistake that I made, which I feel like maybe isn't too uncommon, but I was looking at road home splits, and I was like, Michael, take a step back. They play in the same arena, you moran. So then I was looking at, whoa, what in the world is that? We got some sort of construction going on next to us. I know you can't hear it, but that kind of caught me off guard. Here's the thing. 
When you look at the Clippers as a favorite this season, they are 21 and 12 against the spread. That is a clip of 63%, one of the better marks in the league. And I think it would be even better had they made that trade for James Harden early in the year. Remember when they first started, they were really struggling with him. Now they put it together. I'll come around the Clippers. I would lay it. Yeah, I think the Clippers are the only play. Uh, Question marks all around for the Lakers means I'm not putting my money on them. All right, so who are we putting our money on in the NFL this week? Talking AFC title game next should be a good one between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Our best plays coming your way next on the Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. As we're back. Thanks for tuning in on this Tuesday, January the 23rd. And Jenks, my Tennessee Titans have a brand new head coach. The Tennessee oh. Titans have hired uh, Brian Callahan to be their new head coach. He comes over from the Cincinnati Bengals. He was their offensive coordinator. And he has a pedigree of NFL success when it comes to coaching. Some of you may have heard of his father, Bill Callahan, who is an offensive line coach for, I think currently, the uh, LA Rams, or excuse me, the Browns. Uh, But he has coached for a bunch of teams over the last 15 years uh, for the Jets, the Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Browns. So, Jenks, do you have any ties or have you ever – you know, covered the Redskins when Bill Callahan was there? Yes, I was. I definitely was covering the team when he was here. I didn't interact with him a lot, but he certainly had a very good reputation and very good history as far as his experience in the NFL. And I always find it fascinating that some of these guys who've been around for a long time and who have had different backgrounds with different teams in the NFL. Man, the NFL just recycles people. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing, but it just depends on fit. So just because some guy didn't work in some organization doesn't necessarily mean he won't work in another. This is when you start getting into the weeds with the players and how much control you have and ownership and things like that. So, wow, your Titans new era for you. Yeah. Uh, So do you think it's a good thing that his dad was a coach in the NFL? Like, do you believe in the trope that coaches kids are usually a good hire? Because I see this when it comes to recruiting, when people Mm -hmm. are talking about like blue chip quarterback prospects and they're like, oh, his dad was a football coach. He is a student Mm -hmm. of the game. Do you think this helps? Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's a let me put it this way. I don't think it hurts. Let's put it that way, because if you understand sort of the politics of the NFL and you understand what it's like to be an NFL coach, that is different than being a college coach. And I know we tend to think that they're interchangeable, but there's not. There's only a handful of college coaches who have gone on to the NFL and been successful because it's just a different game. So when you have a father or a family member who who has 
NFL coaching experience, I think that lends itself to maybe a little bit more of an understanding of how the pro game differs from maybe coaching at a different level. Right. Uh, I do think it's a good thing. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you pick up things just by osmosis being around those situations. But here's why I do like the hire for the Titans of Brian Callahan. I was rooting for an offensive-minded head coach. We have Mm -hmm. a young quarterback who has a lot of promise in Will Levis. And I think that's what you hone in on. You say, okay, the single hardest thing to find in the NFL is a franchise quarterback. So let's put... You know, all our eggs in that basket. So Brian Callahan, you look at his resume. He has coached some really great quarterbacks. Peyton Manning, Derek Carr. Well, maybe not great, but Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow. And also has done a fantastic job with the backup quarterback in Cincinnati this season. So I think this is a good hire, but we will see. Jenks, this almost feels like I had a very close friend that was married to somebody and I really like the husband they get Mm -hmm. a divorce the guy in the situation obviously is Mike Vrabel so (laughs) if you like him it is going to take a while for you to see the new guy and say okay I'm immediately on board because I still have some feelings or not feelings but I still have some ties (laughs) to the old guy so I think that I am on board with the higher of Brian Callahan here, but it's going to take a while for him to earn my full approval because Mike Vrabel was a good head coach. I think that's the problem for me is that you are not starting at zero. So I think your work is kind of cut out for you when your organization fires a good head coach and you're the guy that comes in after. It's not like filling the shoes of Nick Saban, somebody like that, but still a very good head coach. Do you think I have a right to be a little cynical here? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Sure. I think Mike Vrabel is a very good head coach and did a lot of great things in Tennessee. So this is how the NFL works, right? Even the best head coaches, some of the greats in the game, will go to one team. It doesn't work out. They go elsewhere. Pete Carroll was that way. Oh, my gosh. Bill Belichick was that way at a different time. So there, there are Andy Reid, didn't get it done in Philadelphia, right? It was criticized, just couldn't win at all, then goes to the Chiefs and does. So different circumstances can sort of dictate whether or not you are viewed in a certain way in the NFL. And just because Mike Vrabel had an end in Tennessee that didn't work out for either side, it doesn't mean he's not a very good head coach. Mike Vrabel will be a head coach again in the NFL. I think we all agree with that. And the reason why is because it's pretty much all agreed upon that this guy is built for this league and that with a different organization, he can have a lot of success. So I don't think you're in the minority at all there. I think a lot of people view Mike Vrabel in a very positive way and filling those shoes, even after he was fired, is something that's not going to be easy. And also, I think the problem wasn't the coaching. I think the problem is the personnel. And I think we knew that. So bringing in Mm -hmm. a new head coach to fix a problem that's not necessarily on the head coach, 
I don't know. We may be in for more of what we saw this past season, and it was not good until the Titans, you know, get some better players. So I will hold my positive thoughts until then. All right, so how about these games popping off this weekend? We've got a great one brewing in the AFC between the Chiefs and the Ravens. A tight line here. Ravens three and a half home favorites, total of 44 and a half. This total has actually sunk down from 45. We kind of touched on this yesterday saying, okay, these are two of the best defenses in the NFL. These are two teams that want to run the football, surprisingly so, even with these great quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So, Jenks, does this line movement on the total surprise you? Yeah, it does actually. So we were talking, yeah, we were discussing this yesterday and I did not anticipate this happening, but I will say that ultimately I think this has to do with getting excited about the two quarterbacks, right? When you have mm-hmm. two quarterbacks who are this talented and you can just anticipate, you just start, just when you say it, Lamar Jackson, oh, Patrick Mahomes, oh, you, you what do you think of? You immediately think of a lot of points. You immediately think of excitement going back and forth. But I disagree. I disagree. And I think that, you know, this is when narratives come into play. I think this is when history comes into play. But if you look at what we've seen this season, I really think the under is the right side. I think we're going to see a sort of a grinded out game. The, the line tells you it should be close. We're talking about a field goal here. I, I like the Ravens a lot to cover the number, and I do like the under. I know we've got two dynamic quarterbacks, a former MVP, two former MVPs, current MVP, and Lamar Jackson is going to win it again this year. But I am, yeah, I am surprised. I did not anticipate this. Right, because it's not even that high of a number. Because 45 right. is kind of in like middling territory where you're like, okay, it could kind of go either way. But looking at both of these defenses – And maybe this is when you look at maybe a field goal prop. Baltimore has been the second best red zone defense in the NFL all season long when it comes to limiting opponents to scoring field goals or nothing. Like this is touchdown percentage only. Uh, So you look at Baltimore, they've been really good in that area. Harrison Bucker, the kicker for the Chiefs, has been pretty dependable, knock on wood. Kansas City also in the top 10 when it comes to that red zone scoring percentage as well so i know everybody wants to talk about the quarterbacks but jenks do we think we see a lot of field goals in this game it's possible and you do have you were talking about it two of the best field goal kickers in the game also what a weapon for both of these teams i know it's not sexy to talk about nobody wants to talk about field goal kickers i mean seriously we're doing a game like but hey (laughs) If you're a Bills fan, aren't you like, you know what? They're important. They're very important. They're extremely Uh important. Look at our history. A field goal kicker who can hit a field goal in the clutch, incredibly important. Wide right. You're dying. So when you have a guy like Harrison Butker and Justin Tucker, who's usually good from like 60 yards away in what is supposed to be a close game, I actually like that idea because you also have head coaches who have supreme confidence in their kickers. And that's not the case. Like the Packers kind of cost them or hurt them, certainly cost the Bills. So when you have two teams that in what I think will be a defensive battle, but also two coaches that believe in their guys to go out there and knock one through the uprights, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. 
All right, so the field goal line for Justin Tucker is one and a half. Juice the over at minus 125. Same line oh, yeah. for Harrison Bucker, except for it is at minus 110. Or you could do the kicking points, which if you think a team is scoring a lot of touchdowns, maybe that's not the case in this game, but that's an alternate route. If you do want to play kickers, the kicking points for Justin Tucker is set at seven and a half, which means you know he can get two field goals, and uh, two extra points, that's minus 105. Or you can go with Harrison Bucker over six and a half. That is two field goals and one extra point. Or, you know, any mixing of those scenarios. It is minus 125. So maybe a different angle to view this game through. I know everybody's going to be rooting for the quarterbacks, but you could be the degenerate sitting on the sidelines rooting <laughs> for field goals. So, Jenks, what are the other angles that you're excited to watch in this game other than just the kickers i sort of i I, i'm sort of excited about watching the coaching matchup in this game and Mm -hmm. you know when you talk about other games for example like if you want to go out to the nfc and we can talk about this later kyle shanahan versus dan campbell i think the advantage goes to kyle shanahan but in this game you've got two super bowl winning head coaches in Andy Reid and John Harbaugh. And John Harbaugh tends to be a guy who, at least last year, was a little more aggressive when it comes to analytics and how he would play the game. And then conversely, you've got Andy Reid, who is more of an offensive guru and a guy that, as we know, he and Patrick Mahomes working together can scheme open guys. And so I think the the chess match of Andy Reid trying to work with not his best set of offensive weapons, but still having Patrick Mahomes and trying to scheme against an exceptional Ravens secondary is going to be fascinating to watch. So, again, these are the, the things in the weeds that I don't know how much of it goes into your handicap. It's not exciting, like talking about the kickers, but the coaches, obviously, in, in clutch situations, you're going to have to make some critical calls. And I will be interested to see when you have two Super Bowl winning head coaches, like which guy has the edge or which guy maybe goes for it on fourth down or maybe calls a trick play, whatever it is that could be the difference in this game. Yeah, we saw a trick play in the Bills game last week. There you go. It wasn't a good one. DeMar Hamlin (laughs) on a fake punt. What are we doing here? Uh, Yeah, that Uh. made me laugh. Okay, so this might be your last chance to get the Ravens at big plus money to win the Super Bowl. If you think the Ravens win this game, Jenks, do you think it is a smart idea to go ahead and put them uh, down at two to one to win the Super Bowl? Because I was trying to do the betting math here and saying, okay, Mm -hmm. if the Ravens win, how big of underdogs would they be if it's the Niners who advance? And I do think, okay, you think the Niners would be favored? Surely they would be. If the Niners are the favorites right now, one would think that they would be the favorites in the Super Bowl. So what do you take here? Do you take the Ravens at two to one or do you say, okay, we think the Niners win. You can get them for plus money. Now they're not going to be plus money if they make it to the Super Bowl. When it comes to futures bets, which one of those are you taking? I, I like the Ravens. I like the Ravens. And I think if we're talking about who would be favored in that game, maybe it's the Niners, but it's a short, short spread. It's a really short spread just because the Ravens beat the Niners earlier this season. I think maybe you might see a lean in a couple of places where maybe it's a, I don't know. Matt just said Circa posted look aheads. They have it as a pick them. That sounds about right. I can see a pick them, maybe Niners minus a point, something like that. 
but I just like the Ravens. And I guess the reason why that the Niners are more of a Super Bowl favorite also has to do with this weekend, right? Because there's more of a chance that the Ravens could lose to the Chiefs than the Niners losing to the Lions. So maybe that has something to do with it. But I'm just a believer in Baltimore. And also, we can talk about this later, but Kyle Shanahan has been close, has not been able to get over the hump. And wasn't he the offensive coordinator for the Falcons in that 28-3 debacle? A few years ago. Now, that's not really on him, but there were some questionable calls in that game. I'm not going to put it squarely on him, but he's had a hard time getting over the hump. And until he does, I will side with the head coach, potentially if they match up, that has gotten it done in John Harbaugh. Well, and also, haven't the Niners been terrible when they're behind in games? What Mm -hmm. is the stat? One in 31 now when trailing by at least four points in the fourth quarter. So you look at the Ravens offense, could be the recipe for a Ravens Super Bowl win. You can get them two to one still over at BetMGM if you like them to win it all. Coming back from the break here on the Daily Tip, I've got my teaser teams. Only two games? Let's get creative. That's next on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. It's time to rise and shine. It's time to make some money, shall we? Uh, This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. In a few minutes, we will get to my teaser teams. And, mm, you know, sneak peek, there are only two games in the NFL, so it is a little challenging. So I think it's going to be a little different. Like, this teaser segment is going to be more of, should I even play a teaser this week? Mm. Are there enough options? Because I think what you can kind of run into sometimes in betting is you force yourself into plays and saying, okay, you know, I want to play something. So even if a play, you see all these red flags, but you play it anyway, it's like those people that you can tell they're in the stage of life that they want to get married. And it's like, okay, I saw Mm -hmm. this coming from a mile away. (laughs) Last week she said, I want to be married by 30. And weird, she has a boyfriend next week. Have you ever met somebody that is like super, you know, stressed about life deadlines? Like they're not even deadlines, but you know, people like this that want to be at a certain stage of life and you can tell the person they're dating was simply somebody who is filling that void. Yes, I've seen, I think I see it a little bit more with women than men, which is neither here nor there. It's not some sort of judgment, but I also feel like it's different because if you're a woman, a lot of women want to have children, obviously, and there's a time time concern there. Yeah, so I think that has (laughs) obviously a lot to do with it. But I've seen that before where you see someone worried about this this progression of their life. (laughs) Sorry. I look up and I see you taking a sip from the biggest (laughs) tumbler in history that holds 128 ounces comically big uh but yeah if you're certainly on a you feel like you're on a timeline you want to have children and you feel like it hasn't happened for you because we see this all the time where and i fell into this trap i was engaged when i was 25 she was 20 seriously 
what was I doing? And that did not work out, thankfully, because we weren't ready, but I was on a timeline. And I did this myself where I thought, well, okay, I'm 25. This girl is from my hometown. Our parents know each other. She's a pretty girl. She's a nice girl. I, I, we get along well. And now we have sort of went to the same church when we were younger. And now I'm to the point where, okay, I've graduated. I've got a job. Maybe I can support a family now. And then we can have kids and all of this. And all of that is fine. If you're doing that, that's, that's great. But if it's, if it's because it's really meant to be and it's something you truly want, perfect. But if you're forcing sort of the square peg in a round hole just based on you trying to meet a certain deadline, whatever that deadline may be, then I feel like you're maybe doing it wrong. Oh, for sure. And I think you ignore the red flags that are very obvious because you want yes. something so badly. Have you ever stressed about deadlines? And I say that, you know what I'm talking about, like, Mm -hmm. You want to accomplish certain things in your life by a certain age. Did you ever do that with your career? Because like, obviously you're very accomplished, mm. but did you ever worry about that? Because I will say it used to be more, well, maybe it still is a young person's game, like especially mm -hmm. in TV, where it is such a hustle culture where you don't make that much money at the start of you know your career and you have to put mm -hmm. such long hours into it. Did you ever stress out when you were younger about accomplishing and getting to certain markets by a certain age? I would say yes and no. And what I mean by that is this is not to bore you with a life story, but coming from such a small town where it's really hard to get out of that bubble when you're talking about a town of 5,600 people, if that. And getting out of that small bubble in West Texas, when I went to the University of Texas, I was overwhelmed. I was absolutely overwhelmed. I, I, I almost didn't make it. I came very close to going back home. And because I just, I couldn't handle it. It was, it was so huge. And I went from knowing everyone in town to not knowing anybody. I was alone. And so my goal, once I finally acclimated to Austin, I just wanted to get back to Austin. That was my goal because I love the city. I was a Longhorn. And I thought, wow, it'd be great to cover this team. I was going to stay there forever. And once I, and I got back there within two years, that was my goal. And I was like, oh my God, I'll be here forever. This is amazing. And then once I was lucky enough to get hired here in DC, then kind of a new world opened up for me. And I thought, oh, this is kind of a different level. And now I think I can do a lot more than I thought. And so that's when I, I wasn't on a timeline. I just, I felt like I was stunned that I was here in the first place. I couldn't believe it. And then I thought, okay, now that I'm here, what can I do with this? So it wasn't necessarily a timeline. It was more of what can I accomplish now that I'm at a point where I didn't anticipate being here in the first place, if that makes sense. So maybe maybe that's not the right answer to your question. I just ended up in a place that I never thought because I'm from such a small town to begin with. I just couldn't believe where I was in the first place. I think that goes to show that your goals in life can change and that's fine. Mm -hmm. I think one of the greatest characteristics you can have is the ability to adapt and whatever situation you're in, make the best of it because you could have, you know, sulked and said, well, I want to be in this spot. I want to be in this city, whatever. And instead of, you know, realizing all the opportunity around you, you would have missed it all. So I think that's the takeaway, at least that I am hearing from your story. So we're getting into yep. the teasers 
And I am trying not to do this where I am forcing a teaser where maybe there isn't one because normally we have a full slate. And normally I'm looking at, you know, eight or 10 games. So there are plenty of options to choose from. So let's get into it. Let's get into who ruins my teaser. Chelsea is such a teaser. All right. So normally the question (laughs) is who ruins my teaser? But Mm. the question this week, I think is, should I even play a teaser? Because we only have two games and there are certain rules for teasers that are kind of like unwritten rules. You don't have to abide by them, but over the course of time, some of these have proven to be more profitable than others. Like number one, you don't tease through zero because the thought process is if a team is going to lose outright, say let's look at this Ravens and Chiefs game. The Ravens are laying three and a half. If you tease through zero, Like, what are they, you know, getting two and a half points, getting three and a half points, something like that? Like, there is a chance they lose by four. And I know, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously there is a chance that if you play a normal teaser that they lose by 10 or whatever. It's just, that is one of the things that I've been told is you don't tease through zero because you're not getting a ton of value that way. I've also been told not to tease totals. And I think you could probably make a case for teasing totals in the NFL if they are low enough, if points are at a premium enough. But that's the basis there. It's like if you are teasing sides, points are certainly at a premium. And you are talking about a full touchdown. So clearly, more often than not, you will get more value on that as opposed to teasing a total where you know the percentage of points in respect to how many points you're getting is not as much at a premium so for my teaser this week i do have one leg that i actually do like and that is the niners the line is minus seven you can get them down to minus one i think that's a great teaser leg but the next question is what do i pair with it because like i said Mm. this chiefs ravens game unless you like the chiefs and you like them getting nine and a half which could be you know a good play but also we have seen the Ravens absolutely demolish opponents. Like the Texans were in my teaser last week. They didn't even cover 15 and a half. So I think that's the sabotage factor there. So Jenks, should I even play a teaser this week? Here is a suggestion. So I love Niners minus one. What do you think about teasing the Chiefs in the first half? Because I need to look it up, but I believe the Ravens are... Can you not? I mean, you can. You can do like um, um, a parlay that's just like alternate lines, but okay. I don't think it would be considered a teaser. Do you get what I'm saying? Because okay. when you no, pick the sure. options, it gives you the teaser options. But I'm listening. What was the suggestion? Well, if you look at the second half of games this season, that's when the Ravens just absolutely dominate teams. They are fantastic mm-hmm. at making adjustments at halftime and then coming out and just rolling over teams. And so I I don't think they'll do that to the Chiefs. But look at what we saw last weekend. It was what? Tied at 10 at the half? Ravens, Texans. And then what do the Ravens do? 24 unanswered points in the second half. So I think the Chiefs keep it closer. But if the Ravens, if you're really worried about the Ravens running away with it, then 
yeah, right now you can't tease the first half, but if there's any way to maybe parlay that and you want to go alternate lines, maybe you could put it together that way. You're right, it's not a true teaser, but I would at least feel more comfortable with that if you're worried about the Ravens rolling over the Chiefs. I don't think it'll happen, but if I could, I'd definitely play it first half just based on what we've seen from the Ravens for the majority of this season. Yeah, I'm not even seeing like second half lines. And you can only get the first half line, which if you are interested, the Ravens two and a half point favorites for minus 115 in the first half of this game. So maybe we look at some totals. Like obviously I just explained that totals are not usually the way to go when it comes to uh, teasing games. But which total do you think you have a better read on? Would we hit the under like tease at six points in our favor 50 and a half and hit the under for the ravens and the chiefs or i feel like the lions and the niners may be higher scoring so you take away six points uh you get it at 45 and hit the over for the lions and the niners which of those totals do you like better i was gonna say ravens chiefs but the more i think about it i think lions niners is the way to go you tease that bad boy down and you hit the over we keep talking mm-hmm. about how the Lions are going to score. They have enough talent to score. And we always talk about that, that Niners or that Lions secondary and how it really is can be on the struggle bus. Also think about it this way. If, if this if this goes as planned, can't you see the Niners building maybe a big lead and the Lions are tossing around? Maybe they get a score late and maybe it goes to the over. So teasing this down and all of a sudden you're getting at what, 45 yeah, I think mm-hmm. I would tease that down and bet the over. It just and you're gonna get better weather, I would assume, out in San Francisco as well. It's not gonna be pouring like it was last week. Yeah, I would go over there as opposed to teasing the under in the Ravens and Chiefs game. Yeah, because nobody wants to white knuckle and under when the quarterbacks Mm-mm. are Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I don't think that sounds fun. So it's gonna be kicked out. We'll do the total on the Lions and the Niners. Coming back from the break, hour three kicks off with our straight-up reads on some of these title games. That's next. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.